touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. The Castrol Edge Rugby Championship starts August 17. Tickets on sale now. Ticketech.com.au. Yes, hello and welcome to the Ruck. Nice to be with you once more on a Sunday morning to talk all things rugby. Big thanks to Alana Smith for helping out last week and hosting. What's that supposed can to you, sound can like? Can you do it from the slopes, Tony? I don't know if you can do it. Is that me snowplowing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, got the, he's got the goggle burn. The goggle, the goggle sunburn he's come back with, hasn't he, Tony? Uh, yes. Uh, Thank you, you very much. How did you go, by the way? I had a lovely time. A lovely time. I, you know, look, I, secretly I wanted to be here, yeah. um, but my, my beautiful wife you know, thought I should actually have a day off. Actually, I'm in big trouble, to tell you the truth. Oh, I've arrived here this morning. We're in yeah. trouble. Yeah, well, now we're all in trouble because I, I, I put my hand in my pocket to get my <laughs> mobile phone out. <laughs> yeah. And I got my mobile phone and my wife's mobile phone. Oh, and, and let's go through it. Yeah, well... <laughs> is there some old boy, there's some old boyfriends there? There's there has to be. There's my, a whole break just there. A couple oh. of old boyfriends were at my wedding, so, you know. Oh. Uh, th- this is... The problem is that Kate is attached to her mobile phone like mm. most of us are attached to a leg mm. uh, and so she's going and we have no home phone she's uh, got the radio though do you want to send a message that's out what I'm, so this is by way of apology Kate <laughs> if you are listening uh, I know you can't yeah, make did, a phone Kate, call Kate if you are listening what's mm. your pin number <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, that's, look, that, there's no password required here oh, should scary. we go through the phone that's during the scary. hour we'll have a, what about we pick the, the most break, famous yeah. person on that and ring it that's always a good game. What are you, why are you assuming that Kate will have more famous people on her phone than I will on mine or, or Timmy will on his? She might have synced up your phone. What's the most famous person on your phone? Tim Horan. Tim Horan. <laughs> Tim Horan. What, what's the most famous person in your phone? That's a very oh. good question. Yeah. Oh, on mine, uh, I don't know. I could call Will Carling. We Will Carling? Of, nice. Yeah, give him a bit of a call overseas. That's very good. Yeah, there's a few others on there, but yeah, they're, they're all coded. <laughs> <laughs> the code 389 stands for the Crusaders win over the Reds. Yes. Uh, that happened. Gee, they were very impressive. We're going to look at that game in some detail next, but they looked uh, incredible, the Crusaders. We'll get to that game. We'll get to the Benji Marshall story. We'll get to the idea of running around naked just for the hell of it. That's all ahead. You are listening to The Ruck. It is your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Uh, we are going through our mobile phones to see who has the most famous name and number, and we'll get to ring them by the end of the hour. Uh, that is our promise to you. At the moment, Timmy Horan's looking the best, although Burke is doing a lot of work. Just going, any any, any people you actually call friends there, Burke? <laughs> I'm just... going through them. I've got a lot of double-ups here as well. Really? I mean, everyone's got Will Carling's number. That's... <laughs> That's nothing. Oh, that's nothing. Can you give me Go Will, somewhere else, Tim? Well, can you give oh, me Will Carling's number? So I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll get okay. At least I've got it in my phone as well. Okay. The Crusaders 38 beat the Reds 9. From the moment they ran onto the football field yesterday, uh, they just looked dominant. I, mm. Before a ball was kicked, there was something about that game. And from the moment it started, you, were, you knew that uh, the Reds were going to be up against it, didn't you, Timmy? Well, it's, it's an ominous uh, look for, you know, coming into the All Blacks and the Wallabies yeah. in August the 17th. It's not that far away now. So Ewan McKenzie, who'll be the coach of the Wallabies, was coached the, the Reds, obviously, through the season. And, and it's a bit of a, a bit of a worry because Dan Carter, uh, Ryan Crotty scored two tries. Dan Carter just set the whole platform for the match, but his forwards were brilliant. The Crusaders were... They were ruthless, Berkey, weren't they? And the Reds really had no answer. They tried. Uh, they defended uh, really well, but they just had no answer for the up-tempo game that the Crusaders are playing. And they've got that. They've got that ability to to be direct. You know, they, they, they've got the ability to run at someone, fix them as they call it, and get around them, and get 
And once they're in behind, that's when they're just obviously just so dangerous at the same time. But then, you know, the one that Carter scored on the whip fair, they went sort of you know, from one side to the other after making a break. And then uh, and they, it just stresses people, puts them in uncomfortable situations. That's what they do. And and, and you're right, Timmy, the, the, the bulk of an all-black squad there, and they understand each other so well. So they know how to run, where to run, hold their timings, and their passing was spot on like, you know, last night. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we must congratulate the Queensland Reds. They've had a wonderful season yep. yet again. Um, but they were they bowed out the same game this time last year as well when the Sharks, the Tail yes. Sharks, came and played them at home at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Um, so certainly to win this Super Rugby competition, you've got to finish really one, two, three or four to get that try and get that home final. But, Berkey, I know we both said last week the only side we thought could win outside of those top two, um, the Bulls or the Chiefs, are the Crusaders because mm. the Crusaders, if the Brumbies win this afternoon at four o'clock in Canberra against the Cheetahs, um, they'll obviously go and play the Bulls away. But the Crusaders, if they just go up the road to the Chiefs, they, they, they've beaten the Chiefs about three weeks ago as well. Yeah. So they could easily get in and, and uh, go to the final. What about Timmy uh, on show last night? As you mentioned, you McKenzie, new coach. Uh, does that then throw not a curveball into the uh, into the next? or five weeks that's coming up to All Blacks time but yeah, that squad uh, Horwell, Genia and maybe a couple of other players there as well who have made up a, uh, an Aussie team mm. is there a rethink of, of, of what's going on there now? Yeah I think well those players they won't play again until the 17th of August so um, they'll have a break I think they need a break especially uh, James Horwell, Will Genia um, the players that played within that test series um, Rob Simmons as well um, they do need a break um, but coming into that that test match against the All Blacks in Sydney. It's a massive game. And, yeah, I think Ewan McKenzie must have a, a bit of a rethink about what players he's going to select. Is he yeah. going to pick Quade Cooper at 10? Is that the right way to go? Um, do you pick Christian Liliofano, push him in one, or Matt Tamur from the Brumbies? So Ewan McKenzie, he's got some time now with his selectors to sit down and work out what the best way, not only to not only to, to try and um, win these test matches, but to beat the All Blacks. That's the team you have to pick, yeah. is how do you beat the All Blacks in two test matches in a row. But in this Super 15 competition, the Crusaders, they just are the competition, aren't they? This is the 12th consecutive semi-finals mm. they've mm. reached. They've won, this will be, they're going for their eighth title. I don't think they've been in there for, you know, they haven't won one for four or five seasons, but they are always in the mix. And now they play, have this terrific side, play so well, and Richie McCall, Walks back in, looks good. He plays one game of club footy. Yeah. He comes back on, and you know it looks like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just about ready to go. Yeah. Uh, they just across the park, they've got that power and strength, haven't they? I think Richard McCaw, he, he was obviously just um, he hadn't cheated enough when he when he wasn't <laughs> playing rugby. He just wanted to get back to yeah. getting offside again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're, they're, they're a brilliant team, though, aren't they? And the, and the way they can play with some width in the game, you know. And and what's happened, you know, in Christchurch with the earthquake a couple of years ago, it's great for sport to give people a different outlet. Because a lot of people have lost their houses there and lost mm. their assets, so it's a great way for that community to to grow around that rugby team. Yeah, and that strength of that that forward pack is so that they're, they're a team that doesn't just, you know, their idea of defence isn't just to stop you at the advantage line; it's to actually push you back, isn't it? It's, they're, they're so strong. The idea of defence is actually getting the ball back. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's the, right. Bobby, remember Bobby Dwyer said that, you know, don't stop the bloke, get the ball off them. So, you know, they, they make some crushing hits at the same time. Yeah. And, and you're right, because when you've got the ball, it's all, it's all about trying to, you know, be as deceptive as possible and, and get past someone. Or if, worst case scenario, run over the top of them. And then when you, when you think, I've got this bloke, and they go whack, <laughs> and you just think, ooh, you have a turn and see how you go type number. Yeah, yeah they are a sensational footy, uh, footy side. 38 to 9, the Crusaders over the Reds. Next, Benji Marshall, what is happening? This is The Rock, the Sunday Rugby Show.
words from the TARDIS. I've thrown, no. I've thrown the snort out as well. <laughs> you did? Are you generally a snorter no, when you I'm laugh? Not, no, I'm not. No. I just got caught out there. <laughs> uh, well, lovely to hear you, uh, Tame Impala and Elephant. This is the Rocket Your Sunday Rugby Show on Triple M. Uh, the Benji Marshall story, of course, has been bubbling along all week. Uh, it's been the front and back of uh, most newspapers. His move from not just the West Tigers, but from the NRL uh, to a future which seems to be tied to rugby. Do you, uh, gentlemen, do you like this idea? Do you see that he's, you know, he walks out at 28. Some will say he's probably given his best years to that code. Yeah. Uh, what does he have to offer rugby? How difficult is he going to find it? He's not going to be that young kid who can just jump around with that amazing sidestep and, and I don't think dominate at any level, really. You wouldn't have thought immediately. Does he have the time? Does he have the desire, Berkey? Well, I think he, he may do a stint in Japan to start with uh, before he comes into super rugby, if, if that's his. If that's his go, and and I just don't know whether any of the Australian teams should pick him up. Um, I wrote in the article in the article today in, the, in today's Herald there about how it, does it send the right message from the Australian rugby union point of view when there's you know, younger guys coming through that they could invest their money in as well. So that's a decision for them to come up to whether or not he'll be um, you know a marquee player, so to speak. Um, I think Japan. I think I think maybe just staying. Sorry, in Japan. just go back on that point. Part of that would be, I guess, is the whole the top up. Does is there a decision made yet for him? Am I playing for if I you know want to play international football? If I yeah. want to be selected, is it going to be in, for New Zealand or Australia? Yeah. You wouldn't have think the local clubs would top Australia would top him up if he's not going to be you know putting his hand up for the Wallabies. Well, I don't think he wants to play for the Wallabies oh. as well. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a yeah. captain of New Zealand rugby league team. Yeah, that's right. Play for the Wallabies. That's right. So their rules in, in effect that rules out that avenue if he wants to go that way. He'd get here on by means of residency. Yep. But um, you know, if you're going to go across New Zealand then and play and then look at World Cup age. Uh, experience? Does he play ten? Does he play fifteen? Does he play a nine role even? A couple of decent um, players in front of him, already. and a couple of decent <laughs> players there. Exactly right. So it, it's going to be a, a, a difficult proposition for him. If it's if it's not about the money and 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 something where he needs to, as you said, his manager said as well, find his mojo. Mm. Japan would be a great place for him to play because they've they've they accept um, what would you say newer players to the game. Obviously, I'm from different codes, but he could go over there and do in, incredibly well and not have the pressure. Of having to sort of you know, aspire to a jumper that's further down the track. Now that well, that's what Sonny Bill Williams did as well, didn't he? Well, yeah. obviously went went away and played six or eight months away from the limelight of uh, the NRL and what happens here, and played played rugby there. Got got his apprenticeship, came back, and then went to New Zealand. So for Benji Marsh, a wonderful play. He's done so much for the other code off the field. But I think you know rugby is always open to you know players moving codes, and I think you know I think that. If he goes to Japan, Berkey, and plays a little bit of time there, I'd say the Auckland Blues with Sir John Kerwin. He's really got a big the, rap on him, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he that's keeps... probably the right place for him to go, yeah. to Auckland, be in Auckland um, with his mates and his family over there That um, you know, in the country that he played. But Berkey, he, he, he's eligible to play for Australia or New Zealand yeah. in rugby if he got that far. So yeah. I, I, I like the way that Ewan McKenzie spoke about it a, a couple of days ago, saying he probably thinks that he's left his run a year or two late. Uh, to actually learn the game and get to a position where you know you can play for international footy, I just I just hope he doesn't see it as an easy out. Like you know, yeah. he's seen the other blokes come through. Uh, Falau do incredibly well. Falau's six years his junior, seven years his junior thereabouts. So, or maybe not six years, but uh, you're thinking to yourself, he's he's hopefully doesn't get a false sense of security to come across and say, you know, if he's done it, I could do it too. He's obviously looking for a new challenge, but yeah. I, I find it amazing that you tell one in employer that you don't want to be there anymore 
and you haven't got anything else to go to. So you must have Benji and his manager must have something to go to. You can't leave a six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollar job yeah. with nothing to go to. Then at the same time, um, it's still a rectangular field. There's still posts. You still have to run the ball. So he's still going to be doing the running, passing, lifting, tackling, extra physical yeah. work as well. So it's not as if he's leaving what he's doing to find the major, so to speak. But he should be able to do what he wants to do too. But he's, he's been a wonderful role yes. model on the field, Tony, and you'd agree, and a, and a great role model off the field for kids. He, at all the schools that he goes to, all the promotions that he does, kids come from everywhere, and you've never seen Benji Marshall in the paper for the wrong reason. Never. So I think Mate, he can choose absolutely. where he wants to go. Absolutely agree. He's been a terrific servant to the game. And look, the, it's all those things where the, the game doesn't owe him anything, but uh, he certainly, in terms of the West Tigers and the brand, kids playing in the backyard, they're saying they're Benji Marshall. Have been for a long time yeah. and you know, and probably still will be there. He'd do great in rugby. Wherever he goes, Japan, he goes to the Auckland Blues or the Waratahs, potentially, he'll, he'll go very well. Just specifically then, Timmy, uh, I mean, because there's been a lot bandied about about where he would play and the difficulties of that transition because people assume, some people assume, oh, he, he's, he's great 5'8", halfback, you know, he'll be able to just do it. The, the, the differences are, obviously, just how close defence is for a start. You don't mm. kind of have that the gap to work in magic mm. and immediately if you're playing in close to the ruck. Where, do you see him there? I know Andrew John said uh, on Triple M during the week that he thought he would be a, a 15 play at fullback, so he does have that, that space. Where where would you think he would be best suited? Uh, I'd put him at fly half. I think that's where he is. He needs to be close to the action. He he loves you know dummy switching, running across field, putting guys through holes, um, and he'd, he'd he'd go very well. He'd play him at 15. He'd I think for me he'd probably be too far out of the action. Benji's a player who needs his hands on the ball every second or third phase. So I'd be putting him at fly half. You'd probably start him on the bench if he came into the game to get to understanding the structure and the. And, and the way the game runs. So I'd certainly have him at fly half. But you could put him a bit like Kirtley Beal Berkey at 15 and he could move up, you know, when he feels the time's right. But oh, I'd put him straight in at fly half. I think he's requested number seven on his back. Uh, it just doesn't understand. Didn't that's in, in Correct. In the, back <laughs> <laughs> the back row. Do your best, my friend. <laughs> that's very cruel. Could you, could you see him, uh, you talk about Japanese, that being the path of Japanese rugby. Could you see him in Waratah's jersey, though? I mean, they've got a lot of bloke. If they're going to get Kurtley Beale as well, yeah. and still having his Rafael out, could they afford to have him? If if they if they jagged him maybe but I think there's too many other people that need to be a priority before they get someone like Benji Marshall, um, uh, you know Falau obviously to try and re-sign him, uh, try and get Beal's signature. They've already got Bernard Foley there, so they've got lots of players already. You do you do that. need depth and Berkey, as you said before. I just don't think the Australian Rugby Union would be would be wise to invest money on a player who's going to be 29 when he starts playing the game when there's so many juniors, so many Australian yep. schoolboy players that will be coming through in the next couple of years. That's where you've got to invest. And just very, very quickly, finally, Timmy, have you heard anything? I mean, there's been a little bit of talk in, in rugby league circles about James O'Connor that uh, maybe he would dip the other way and, you know, given the, the not negative uh, about James O'Connor, mm. but after that test series not going so great. What, what have you heard? Oh, I think I hope James O'Connor stays in rugby union. I think he's probably only looking at the other option of rugby league because the Western Force at the moment is the only franchise in Australia that is going to offer James O'Connor a contract. So I would say by the time we get on air this time next week, James O'Connor will be signed to the Western Force and staying in rugby, which will be a good thing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This is The Ruck. It is your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. 
your Sunday rugby show. Berkey's still going through his phone to see, and he thought he had a very <coughs> famous person named Tony Squires. That's not my number, but he's trying to send me a message. I just sent Will Carling's number to someone, anyhow. Yeah, well, <laughs> sadly, it, it wasn't me. Um, we're doing that, of course, because uh, Kate Pascoe Squires, my beautiful wife, her phone is also on this desk. She doesn't know that. Uh, and she has no way of getting in touch with the outside world, but uh, other than listening to this radio station. The, the, uh, the Waratahs. Izzy Folau has been there, and one of the great things he said is, is the opportunity to travel the world, tour, and do all those sorts of things that, that, that rugby does for you. The next tour is Argentina. Mm. Should he be looking forward to that? Is that a tough place to tour or a terrific place to be? I think it'd be a, it, it's a tough place to tour, but it's terrific at the same time. These guys are going over now, the Waratahs are going over now to basically uh, play against Argentina mm-hmm. to get them ready for um, for the, the rugby championship. The rugby yeah. championship. What a fantastic opportunity! Brilliant. Yeah, they've come out of uh, a Super Rugby season, which I think gained a little bit of respect. I think the way they played. Uh, I think it's just going to give them uh, another steep learning curve of, mm-hmm. of how to get over there, especially for the forwards. Timmy, all right for the backs, you can get away with it in Argentina because they've sort of got soccer players playing in the back sometimes, but they've got these absolute beasts playing up front, mm, yeah. who want to be props, who want to be hookers, mm-hmm. and get out there and uh, and do their stuff. So they're going to be in for a tough time, but what a great opportunity. Yeah. Who want to be a prop. There's not many humans that really have. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. I mean that, that's, exactly, that, that's the anomaly. Who wants to be a prop? <laughs> and they want to be props over there. There's a respect factor over there for props. Oh, that's great. Was it a tough place, did you find, uh, to play footy? Um, yeah, it was. It's, um, because you're playing in different atmospheres and um, the grounds. I remember a couple of the grounds that we played a test match in in early part of my career You'd in the dressing shed and then you'd, you'd think you'd sort of walking around to run out underneath the grandstand, but you actually go under the grandstand in a tunnel. So you walk down this tunnel, so it's right. their soccer stadiums, yeah. you're underneath the tunnel and then all of a sudden there's a trap door in behind the goalposts the trapdoor comes up and you walk up and you're on the field. So it's just obviously keep away from supporters yeah. when soccer matches are on. But it's a bit surreal, yeah, but um, it's a wonderful place to tour. The um, the atmosphere there is fantastic. But, um, I mean, Fiji was always hard to tour, Berkey, I, I thought. Because, <laughs> Fiji, hard to tour. But you get over there, all you want to do is lie in a hammock and drink carver. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you didn't want, to, didn't want to go near a rugby field at all. And then at the same time, if you get tackled, you get axed at the same time, don't you? Oh, they, yeah. they absolutely destroy you. What about the quality we, of the footy fields there? Were they uh, yeah, they were good. actually, we, we had one game, like Queensland Reds went over, and we had one game where um, one of our players kicked uh, for goal and, and hit the post, hit the upright. <clears throat> And the upright and the crossbar fell to the ground. <laughs> so we thought, and this is only 20 minutes into the game, and we're thinking, oh, the game's going to be stopped. Like, yeah. how on earth? But only in Fiji, five minutes later, there's about 20 Fijians. You see them marching over the hill um, back to the ground with another three posts on their shoulders. And, and two, they didn't use a ladder. Of course, you know, one bloke's on the other guy's shoulders, and they strapped the post together and new posts up. And, and we nearby, playing. there's a game of under-13s with just one yeah, set you of know, goal posts. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> only, only in Fiji. It's yeah. The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Uh, the state of origin on Wednesday night was almost overshadowed uh, by the appearance of a large, uh, almost human-like form mm. uh, that ran naked, dropped pants off at the 10-metre line, dropped shirt off at the 20-metre line, the, the dropped about... dignity some <laughs> metres before that. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, the difficulty about him dropping the pants, he had no back. He had nothing to hitch it on. Well, he, he had no mm, front either. We had saw no the photographs. <laughs> <laughs> he was an overweight Gordon Tallis, wasn't he? He was. A... <laughs> he was. He was. He was uh, I don't know what he was really. It was a long back. He, he had, it was a man with the face of a knee. Uh, and he, 
<laughs> it was terrible, though, wasn't it? I should lock him up. Well, the problem was... That, look, lock him up. And he's got exactly what he wanted, and I suppose we're doing it now. He's got a lot of publicity. Yeah. I suppose that's what he was looking for. And the problem I have... In, there are, Over the years, there's been thousands of streakers, and some of them are funny, and some of them happen at appropriate... Not appropriate, but as... as least inappropriate times. But this was almost like a Peter Hall, the serial mm, uh, offender, because the, he, he came on at a crucial time in the game uh, and actually impacted on the game, which is what you never want to see mm. on a footy field. I understand at la- last night at ANZ Stadium in, in Sydney, uh, the Manchester United, uh, against the uh, the history of the uh, Foxdale All-Stars, mm. uh, the, <laughs> I've been following them for weeks now, the, right. uh, there was somebody tried to get onto the field and the security presence was was enormous there, and I guess that at least the, the beef up of security would be a positive. But it does make me wonder, uh, you two have been on footy fields at that elite level. Have you ever been experienced that, where somebody has decided it's time, I oh, know, kid off, a little bit of a hoo-hoo, freedom and run? Well, Berkey, you remember the, the game, we played a, a pool game in the 1999 World Cup through Europe, and the first game was in Ireland. Um, in Belfast. Yep. And I remember actually back here in Australia, Triple M had a promotion saying, um, show us your M's. Yes. So they wanted I people remember. to get a tattoo of, you know, the Triple M or, you know, so. Something. Or a, a yeah, banner. but we were about, I think Berkey was about 30 minutes into the game, mm-hmm. um, against Romania. The Wallabies playing Romania in Belfast. Then there was a lady streaker that ran onto the field and she had Triple M across her back, just above her buttocks. Really? And, uh, yeah, with, you know, with Nico Penn. So, and then she, it was all fun until she did a cartwheel and then we oh, right, <laughs> it was, stopped the game, yeah. It was so. no longer Triple M, it said Mum. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably the only time, Berkey, that, um, you know, apart from the suburban games, the club games where a little, little kid might sort of run out in the field, but that's about it, which there's no place for it. And I think, you know, the big fella last Wednesday night, hopefully they lock him up for a bit of period of time banning from the game. Well, he'll be fine, certainly. He may well be banned from all, all grounds, you'd imagine, for some time. Not sure the lock-up is the really the, the yeah, game. Yeah, get rid of him. Get, you're putting <laughs> yep. him, you're, you're putting him, him straight to prison. Yep. yep. Lock him up. Yep. How, how long, Judge Jury? How, how, six months. Six months? Six months, yep. You're putting him behind bars for six months. Yep. Otherwise, what will end up happening, we'll end up having, you know, cages around the stadiums like they do in Argentina. We've had streakers for, you know, there was a oh, song yeah. called, yeah, they call him a streak back in the 70s. I mean, people yeah. have been doing it. Andrew Simons tackled Stre- one streakers, in the cricket. Yeah, but streakers yeah. are okay, but not male. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just jokes. That's only jokes. <laughs> you know, that you are as shallow as a car park puddle. Oh, dear. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I just don't think... That. You know, the security guards have to stop them, you know. Yeah, well, I reckon, I reckon that the problem about the other night was it was the game was obviously getting so interesting that all security was... Because normally they look out at the crowd and obviously there's a spectacle going, going on behind them. And it got the exciting. Game. got yeah. so exciting. Yeah, and they, I reckon they've just turned around. They've just seen a bloke in a shirt come out. It could have been a fluoro shirt. If it maybe it was... I don't know, one of the boys running the water or something, and then all of a sudden he kept on going derobing. I just can't wait till Tim Horan runs the world. This is The Rock on Triple M. <laughs> this is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. In the Super Rugby, Crusaders 38 beat the Reds 9 in the AFL. North Melbourne 108 uh, were beaten oh, at the post by Carlton 109. One-point game there. Uh, same as the Bulldogs. One-point winners over Hawthorne. 
That is a turn up for the books. Uh, Essendon too good for GWS, 116 to 77. And what a win for the Gold Coast over Collingwood. The first time they've ever beaten them was at Gold Coast. Uh, Gary Ablett was in absolute sensational form. Uh, almost did it single-handedly. Brilliant, uh, brilliant win for them. Probably the best in their history. 85 to 78. Brisbane. Uh, beat Melbourne 94-75. St Kilda uh, came back from being well down against Port Adelaide. Not quite there, though, in the end. Port Adelaide still won by five. In the NRL, the uh, Warriors 24 beat the Tigers 14. The Raiders 14 uh, over the Eels. Zip and the Roosters absolutely pummeled the Sharks 40 to nil. In the Ashes... Well, should we really talk about the Ashes? Should we? I don't know. I don't know. This or the is rain the dance. Golf. Need my, the rain dance. My, well, <laughs> yeah. we do need something because... It's my, 38 my, degrees over there. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Ashes. I love this time of the year. I love watching it overnight. Now it's just dead to me. Mm. Uh, England are 5 for 335, leading mm. by 566. We'll chase it down. Joe Root's on 178. <laughs> Dave Warner's the only person who struck a blow for Australia. He hit Joe Root and then left the country. <laughs> in the golf, Lee Westwood takes a two-stroke lead into the final round of the British Open. Uh, he finished at three under par overnight. Adam Scott, though, he's still pretty handily placed. He's fourth and three strokes back, so he is absolutely in with a shot. Did you see, by the way, did you see how quick the greens are? Did you see Rory McIlroy putt off the green and into the bunker? Yeah. Day one. You, uh, see, that's what... That's relatability. That gets, that, That's that gets relatability. You in the game. I've exactly done that right. so many times in the slowest of greens in the world. <laughs> uh, it, what, what did you see, Miguel uh, Jimenez, when he was doing his warm up? Jimenez, yeah. Jimenez yeah. Uh, smoking the pipe. And, uh, the, uh, the stogie. The stogie, terrific. Great look. Manchester United <laughs> 5 beat the uh, A League All Stars 1, and South Korea and the Socceroos a nil all draw. There you are. You are up to date on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. We're about to wrap it all up. Before we do that, we should have a look at where Tim Horan is heading this afternoon. You're off there to get the Brumbies across the line. What are you, what are you expecting when you arrive in beautiful, chilly Canberra? Yeah, well, I was thinking I might sort of head down the snowfields and have a quick mm, tea before the game, so, maybe. Oh, wouldn't but, you? <laughs> Can you use Tony's ticket from last week? Oh, yeah, the roster, roster day off, yeah, weekend off. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't say too much. There is There are legal proceedings uh, right, happening. Okay, yeah. what I heard now, looking forward to week. going down to the, uh, jumping to the, on the plane, heading down to Canberra, and mm. um, zero degrees today, apparently, in Canberra. So, uh, It'll be one of those days, hopefully, when they're playing, and one of the players, or maybe a Stephen Moore kind of figure with the shaved head, mm. uh, oh, where the steam, steam starts coming yeah. up, and somebody, yeah, number two, your head's on fire. Yeah. Love all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, hopefully the Brumbies can get the one and only Australian team in the semi-finals next week because um, you know they've been brilliant this year. The Brumbies yeah. had a, a big slip up last week against the Western Force. There was a lot of cobwebs there from players who have been part of the the Wallabies and the British and Irish Lions. Burke and you could see that you know people like Christian Lee Liafano, um, you know Matt Tamua, his blunder behind the try line, not placing the ball down last week, and the Force were brilliant. Yep. Um, but I think the the Brumbies would have got that game out of their system, and they'll uh, they'll be on fire this afternoon. I think if anything, Timmy, also just quickly before we before we finish off, they haven't played each other this year. If you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, like the Crusaders hadn't played the Reds, so they would have done so much work on them just to make sure they know them in and out. I think it's going to be a tough game for them this afternoon, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, last year, because it all ended so badly for the Brumbies, that, w- that wouldn't come into their mind, would it? They're playing at home. They know the importance of this, but they can go that extra step. Yeah. It'll be back of their mind, Berkey. Yeah, it'll be the back of their mind, because um, the way the Cheetahs play, and they've been brilliant in this Super Rugby, they play a really fast, open, expansive game of rugby, and that could um, shock the Brumbies uh, really early on. So the Cheetahs, they uh, they move the ball, they play a really quick, um, up, up-tempo game, and, and that could shock the Brumbies very early on. Do you see it as a, a game that will be uh, decided by tries or by penalty goals? 
I reckon. I reckon. Try. I reckon tries. I reckon they'll throw mm. it about. I mean, the afternoon game just yeah. hopefully means that they can throw it about. Um, I've always spoken about that uh, advantage that, that the Brumbies have. He's obviously playing at night at cold when it goes into the minuses sometimes, and uh, other other teams can't do it. But I think throwing about today, they've got the ability to score tries from anywhere, as in the the uh, cheaters have, and they've just sort of grown, haven't they? They've just sort of grown in their ability to sniff something out and, yeah. and get across that try line. Well, a good opportunity for Jake White, the Brumbies coach, is that he's come from South Africa, obviously, and he knows how to play against South African teams. And if they do win this afternoon, they will then head to Pretoria to play the Bulls next weekend. The Bulls finished second and the Chiefs finished first. So if that happens, if the Brumbies win, the Crusaders only have to sort of jump on a plane and go up the road to Hamilton and the Chiefs will host them, and they've done pretty well against the Chiefs. Yeah, gee, I like the look of those Crusaders. They are looking awesome. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, sadly, that is where we have to leave you, uh, Timmy Horan. You, you're, you're frequent flyers. You'd be up, what, around a million or so now, wouldn't you? Oh, I had about a million, yeah. I've used a few lately mm, but right. um, for Christmas holidays. But do, yeah, do you get uh, it for the private jet these days? I don't know. Do you get three <laughs> five points for the jet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't. No, looking forward to heading down to Canberra, the nation's capital, and getting these Brumbies home tonight. Go those Brumbies. Get out enjoy your footy. We'll catch up again next week. See you soon. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show.